Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, our hosts look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words. Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do. But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to disentangle you, the listener, from the Gordian knot of the internet's bullshit. Hello, listeners. I am back once again. It is me, Cap, and I am here for the free coffee. Keep those silky smooth vocals just vibrate. This episode is ASMR. All right. <laughs> what have you been up to, Cap? It's the new year. We haven't done anything since I forgot to publish the Halloween episode and then published uh-huh, it as a Thanksgiving uh-huh. episode instead because I'm really, really, really not very good at this at the moment. That's not to say that I don't have potential. I have potential. But yeah, what have you been up to? Oh, me. Uh, Just party after party after party. Um, Really getting out there. I assume by party after party, you mean adventuring party in your Dungeons and Dragons games. That's it. You got it. Been (laughs) playing a lot of tabletop games, both on and off the mic. More off than on, unfortunately. But, you know, that should change soon. I definitely do not want every single role playing game that I play to be recorded. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a different cap that we don't talk about. What's that cap like? Uh, he's maybe one day when we're not recording, you'll meet him. Okay, we'll do. He's a real nasty boy. <laughs> <laughs> he wears a leather vest, no shirt underneath, no shirt, all three <laughs> chest hairs exposed. Sounds like the type of guy you want hanging around. Hmm. 1987. <laughs> I, yeah. don't I don't I don't know the cap that we're painting here. <laughs> yeah, and your show, Shrimp and Crits, is between season one and season two right now. Do you want to give folks kind of an update on where you've been since season one closed up? Uh, what when did season one finish? Wrap up in October, September? Something like that. We have released a few miniseries since then, telling a few different stories. One of them at a uh, post-apocalyptic theme park, one uh, deep in a space lunar mining facility we have been releasing but behind a paywall which means it's really good content that you can't get for free cap is one of my best internet podcasting friends he still makes me pay for this content i do yeah my family pays for this content well they should no free lunch (laughs) shrimp and crits ain't free but we will be back on the free main feed this February with a new miniseries. We will also, come in close, we will also be streaming on Twitch here soon. You can find All us right. at Shrimp and Crits Pod on Twitch if you want to see our faces while we play games. There's nothing I like more than signing in late to a virtual meeting. If COVID has taught me nothing else. What's going on with your show, Ryan? <laughs> wouldn't you and everyone listening right now like to know <laughs> so don't wreck yourself as you can tell has been a little bit spotty lately and that is partly by design partly by necessity i have a very rambunctious three-year-old and mm-hmm. it is very hard to schedule recording times around him And the new office situation that I was very excited about has turned out to be kind of an Achilles heel in terms of the recording environment. The space itself is not 100% perfect in that it is open to the entire downstairs of the house. So I have to clear out the downstairs. It's a whole like and this is going to sound kind of dumb, but this whole production is kind of a production. (laughs) you know right and then i've also got a lot of other stuff going on work is keeping me busy and i've got some other projects that i'm working on including a tabletop role-playing game called roll buckaroo uh, which i think at this point 90 percent of our listeners have actually played (laughs) for those of you on the discord server thank you and if you have not played and you're interested in trying it out go ahead and reach out to me we're doing play tests right now 
I'm also in pre-production for another program that I'm working on with my friend Charles, which is going to be a YouTube project centered on DIY home engineering. So we're starting off with a car project. So we're hoping to tap into kind of that that built in Internet home mod car enthusiast uh, audience, which is not necessarily I'm not I'm not part of that audience, but I can. (laughs) (laughs) But but I'm never going to pass down a chance to, to engage anybody's audience. Sure. So in that project, we are going to be restoring, modding, and in a lot of respects, redesigning a 1971 BMW 2002. And we're getting deep in this project. This isn't a simple DIY stuff. He's he's setting up a plasma cutter laser table, like a laser cutter plasma table. I don't, I can't, can it be a laser and a plasma table? I don't know. He's the engineer. Very sci-fi. I'm the, I'm the guy that points the camera at things and, and maybe throws in some special effects. But he just put in a bid on a commercial 3D printer. So we're going to be able to print off new parts in addition to cutting and fabricating metal in his garage. It's going to be pretty cool. If nothing else, the B-roll itself will be stunning. Is it called Don't Wreck Your Car? Oh, my God. I didn't think of that. I don't, right now, the project is still struggling to find an identity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is funny because we have, I think, all of the equipment that we need to start the project. But what we don't have is an identity and a plan. But you're asking about this podcast, right? That's true. Not necessarily what I'm doing next. <laughs> you're doing it all simultaneously. You got your hand in a lot of jars. I do have my hand on a lot of cookie jars, and I'm I'm really trying to prioritize family at the same time. Which, you know, St. Vin, uh, <laughs> how do you end a prayer in the Fast and Furious universe? You just like vroom, vroom, amen. Yeah, that's it. You got it. The family, the family, and the family. <laughs> uh, Vin Diesel and The Rock have something in their contract, which means they, uh, it says they can't end a prayer. So the prayer has just been going since the first movie. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to process that. <laughs> if I wave a checkered flag, does that mean this joke is over? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. But as far as what's going on with this podcast, I'm going to be putting together some recording sessions so that episodes should be releasing in three or four episode clusters. I can't guarantee an every week episode, but I'm hoping to keep things at at, at every other week while I work through this backlog of projects that I've set before myself. It's a new year, new projects. If either of those other projects take off, I might have to bust open the third row of seats to push Don't Wreck Yourself further to the back. But that's okay. My hope, though, is that I'm not going to be producing crappy episodes. So I want to make sure that episodes are high quality with at least one research topic. And in the long run, I would like to take a look at the format of the show. If I can get a set production schedule down, I'd like to make more timely stuff. So because right now, one of the one of the issues I have is because I don't have a, a, a steady production schedule, picking topics, I have to choose topics that are kind of evergreen. Sure. Whereas I would love to be able to do more timely topics like weekly news reviews, that sort of thing. Love that. Headlines and all that stuff, especially with this year being an election year. It's nice to be able to dip my toes into that because I am a little bit of a politics junkie. I would like to hear that. But speaking of junkies. Oh, (laughs) we do not have a drug related topic, which is shocking. Shocking. That said, uh, I, I would like to transition us to our first topic, which I'm calling six foot creep. I've been called worse. <laughs> How tall are you, Cap? I, I am six one, six two. If my hair is up, I'm six and three quarters, and I'm six one. If my hair is up, hey, which you know, <laughs> it's been a little while. It's been a while since I've been able to call myself <laughs> six one on account of being bald now. But I used to be six one back when I had the poof. <laughs> <laughs> So this is coming from r slash am I the asshole? And it is from user Qbert510. Okay, so six foot is not a reference to this guy's height, as he is clearly five foot ten, though I'm sure on Tinder he's six foot. And he may need to be on Tinder soon, because am I the asshole for hitting the gritty at a funeral? In this story, a 23-year-old male and his girlfriend are attending the funeral 
of a gentleman named Paul who passed away recently as a result of a terminal illness. So this is a friend that he met through his girlfriend. And while they were in the hospital, Paul had a joke running with the question asker where if one of them died, the other would do something goofy or embarrassing at the funeral. Basically, our protagonist here decided to conceal a hidden speaker within their suit jacket. And right when the service started, he pulled out his phone and started playing Right Foot Creep, which we all know by Young Boy is the Hit the Gritty song. Is it the Hit the Gritty song? In fact, it is. I know this because I play a fuck ton of Fortnite. Find me <laughs> at Shrimp Cap on Fortnite. I'll probably lose. But yes, this is the song you hit the gritty. And this protagonist here. Can you explain what the gritty is for certainly those of us over the age of 40? It is a dance. Okay. That you do. Uh, it involves your arms and your legs, which is a lot to deal with sometimes. I can't do it. I am not very uh, dance-oriented. But you can Google this. A lot of people do this dance. Oh, no. It's all over It's all over TikTok, I'm told. Uh, it, it's all but, over sports, too. So, oh, yeah, because they were definitely hitting the gritty. There was a T-shirt that they were selling. Uh, the Phillies have a player named Marsh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He looks like a caveman with a big, long beard and long hair. But they have T-shirts where he's hitting the gritty on the baseline. So, I mean, it's definitely a thing. And let me let me see if I'm doing this correctly. So, Cap, uh, please judge mm-hmm. my gritty. Yep. I mean, that's perfect. All right. That's well, spot on. Okay. So, you want to... Sh- okay. Ugh. Okay, back in my seat. So, what you want to do is you <laughs> shuffle your feet like a madman. You can even run. Mm-hmm. And if you are running, you should be hunched, oh, hunched forward. Uh, if you want, I believe you can also take a knee during this. Oh, Variant. But you make like the little OK symbol with your hands, which, you know, some people are like, oh, that's the white supremacy symbol. But it's also how you turn yourself into Birdman. So true. So people forget that people forget about turning into Birdman like you don't do it. (laughs) I do it. So hitting the grid is kind of like going into an easy Birdman where you're putting the you're putting the OK symbols over your eyes, possibly sending a sign to the Illuminati that you're in the club. Of course. Most dances are for that purpose. Right. But you know what most funerals are? Not an occasion for dances. I say most funerals. Some wakes, certainly. And it varies culture to culture. But typically speaking, at funerals where there is dancing, there are sometimes very specific dances that people are doing. uh, And none of them, to my knowledge, are the gritty. And our character here was immediately shut down by his girlfriend and said that he was incredibly disrespectful. And it didn't matter about the joke, even though it was it was the well wishes of the the dearly departed. So I'm going to say I'm going to say two things. One, he was absolutely shut down, but it doesn't specify that it's by his girlfriend, just says that he was shut down immediately. And his girlfriend said he was incredibly disrespectful. Mm, So I think mm. there's a good chance that the that this guy's family. Yeah, this guy's family and friends got involved because this was an unscripted moment. Sure. So. I think we've already determined that the gritty is not necessarily an appropriate funeral dance. However, in this circumstance, he did have the tentative permission of the deceased to perform a goofy act, although he did not specifically sanction the gritty to our knowledge. Think what we want to what we want to address here is when would it be appropriate to perform the gritty at a funeral? And the answer is after you've discussed it with the deceased loved ones. Sure. That is important. Or if you got the kill yourself and you were just celebrating. (laughs) That's when people hit the gritty on me in Fortnite. So maybe that was the case. You know, they just said that his friend was terminally ill. They didn't say he passed away as a result of that illness. Exactly. It could have been a no scope. (laughs) He got no scope from across the map. In which case, the gritty is fully acceptable. (laughs) But you got to get all the way there. All right. So, yeah, the only times that it's okay to do the gritty at a funeral is when you have the permission of the loved ones and when you've Mm -hmm. actually gotten the kill. In which case, you may want to just teabag the casket, too, while you're at it. Because that's how we did it when I was a kid. When I was when I was a kid, they didn't incorporate extra animations into your into your PVP play. So when we were playing Halo, you would just, you know, just pop a squad. It's a natural evolution. 
that let them know that you were putting your 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 testicles, or if you were a lady gamer, your Clayaken. vagina, or your vulva, your vulva, if or your clay ache, and you put your clay ache and right on their forehead. <laughs> so I guess final ruling here. It's a timing thing. Truly. Is Cubert 510 guilty mm. of being an asshole? I think because of the timing, yes. It was immediately when the service started, which is <laughs> if you were to walk, if it was like, you know, the service ended and everyone was walking up to, you know, say their farewells and you got up to the casket and hit the gritty. I think that's hilarious. If he did it during like an unscripted portion of the viewing. Yeah. I think that's okay. Like if you're at the wake and after you can just be like, this one's for Paul who recently passed away after battling a terminal illness and getting no scope by yours truly. And then boom, you hit the gritty. Yeah. So yeah, right, right foot creep seems to be about murdering people. Uh, mm-hmm, so probably, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. probably not the best, uh, funeral. It's not like my heart will go on is all I'm saying. Like if you did the gritty while playing my heart will go on, they'd be like, that's kind of touching. But if you do the gritty while talking about putting people in body bags, that's an issue. I will say the kids at the funeral probably fucking loved it. Oh, I'm sure they will. I mean, except for their dead dad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to I'm going to side with you, Cap. And I'm going to say that this guy is clearly the asshole because he did it the wrong time, wrong time, wrong place. And he didn't follow the etiquette performing at a funeral, which is you check with that motherfucker's parents or spouse or kids, depending on who's running the show. Just send an email. Easy as that. The only other way to get away with this is if like you have to wait. Like, and I mean, you have to wait until you're in your 70s or 80s and then you can do the gritty to your heart's content because who's going to stop you? You're old. Or you can just wait till they're already, you know, in the ground and you can go salt burn on the grave and do the gritty there. I haven't seen salt burn yet. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That's brand new. Well, what are he you doesn't doing? hit the gritty. <laughs> he does not hit. So this is okay. Spoiler alert. Cap has confirmed that in the film Saltburn, nobody hits the gritty. Nobody hits the gritty. Not even there once. is some dancing. Not even an itty bitty little bitty gritty. No itty bitty gritty committee. Oh, I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to put it to a vote or anything. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, this guy's absolutely the asshole. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, this won't make sense to you, but speaking of Saltburn, this next topic really does uh, tether that line quite well. I have no idea what this movie's about, but it's, I'm already intrigued. Uh, <laughs> I am calling this next segment Dip and Nip in the Water's Fine. And this is from my, actually, my cousin posted this question on Facebook. And without her permission, I'm using it here on my podcast. Uh, So uh, for that reason, I'm not going to be stating her name, but just know that this is this is my first cousin on my father's side whose father has the same name as my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And we know you're listening. If, If you're in my family, you're closely monitoring me for the government. Then you know exactly who I'm talking about. Anyway, she wants to know, how much breast milk do you put in a breast milk bath, mamas? Question mark. Question mark. It does. I mean, a question is all this time. Uh, Facebook went online. I'm sure it was the first question anybody asked. Obviously. How much do you know about breast milk and breast milk baths, Cap? Very little. I'll tell you this. uh, Your cousin here uh, or family member here has uh, really opened my eyes to this whole uh, subculture that I did not know existed. I, I am familiar with breast milk. I am familiar with baths. I am familiar with mamas. I don't know how they all go together. Well, get ready, because we're about to shake up your worldview. Oh, boy. For you, the listener, if you're listening in close succession, you're like, there's a lot of breast milk topics lately. Just know that our last breast milk episode was literally months ago uh, when we talked about whale breast milk. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess first question is, are breast milk baths a thing? And you and I as two cis males, you know, in our mid thirties, we are unlikely to ever produce a breast milk. So are breast milk baths a thing? And the answer is yes, absolutely. It is a subset of milk baths, which are attested to throughout history. And I say a subset of milk baths because there's more than one way to bathe yourself in milk. 
Sure. Breast milk is obviously it, it's human milk, one, and it's presumably fresh. So Cleopatra of antiquities fame, not the girl band from the late 90s or mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. there's a sci fi show called Cleopatra, too, wasn't there? I mean, who's to say the band didn't take breast milk baths? I can't remember whether the band was associated with the show or not. Like maybe it was a sci-fi show where three young women also were a band called Cleopatra. Cause I do recall that Cleopatra was coming at you. Of course. So in antiquity, which is my favorite period of time, Cleopatra was known to take sour milk baths as part of her skincare regimen. And she slept with at least two Roman senators. One more than me. And at least one of them went on to become emperor. The second one, Mark Antony, eh, second triumvirate didn't hold up. But it's always next year. <laughs> there's always next triumvirate. <laughs> the cool thing there is Cleopatra. She was going to take sour milk baths, and sour milk contains uh, a large amount of lactic acid, which can act as an alpha hydroxy acid, which is a subset of acids that includes lactic, which you know to be you know, from dairy, lactose, uh, citric, which you'll find in citrus fruit, glycolic, Mm -hmm. which you can find in sugar cane, malic acid, which you may recognize if you're familiar with what causes the tartness of green apples, and tartaric acid, which is found in grapes. So AHAs can help to break down the bindings of surface dead skin, acting as an exfoliant, and that helps to bring healthier skin to the surface. So... The long-term effects of using AHA on your skin can improve your skin health, the glow. It can reduce the impact of age and wrinkles. And it can also be used to treat acne and other skin irritations. That holds through whether you're using milk or sour milk and presumably breast milk. Because breast milk is just milk that people make. It's people milk. It's mommy milk. I did find an article on parents.com that covered breast milk baths. And it was written by a woman named Erica Jackson. And they do list a Dr. Wendy L. Hunter as essentially the fact checker. So they do have a doctor read over their articles to make sure that they haven't said anything, you know, outrageous. Erica, in the course of writing about breast milk baths, relies on the publications of a Dr. Tanya Altman and a woman named Polly Gannon, who is a 25-year veteran of lactation consulting and postpartum education. And then at the bottom, they do list some scientific, uh, some scientific articles. So I'd say this parents.com article is a fair representation of what is being promoted through breast milk baths. And they're, they're citing a lot of the same benefits that we see from the sour milk baths and the other just general like cow milk baths, which is improved skin elasticity, helps to treat cradle cap. And do you know what cradle cap is? I don't. Okay, well, cradle cap is something that happens to newborn babies living in a cradle. And uh, you know how your head produces like oils and mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. stuff like they, they can form like a crust on top of a baby's head. Oh, if you don't, it, 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 it happens like because babies just lay there all the time with no hair to eat up all those oils. Yeah, there, there's not a whole lot of reasons for babies to get out of bed and get a bath. They're, they're not living a very active lifestyle. They're mostly just eating and shitting. I'm learning a lot today as a, as a, a no baby wanter or haver. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about breast milk and uh, baby crust. All new. You're going to be there if there's ever a baby crust emergency on a public train or something like that. They'll be like, is there a doctor ready? in the house? And you can say, no, I've been on a podcast, though, where we, we really dug into cradle cap. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time I've used that. <laughs> so that all being said... This is absolutely a real treatment that is being recommended by some professionals. I would note that Dr. Tanya Altman and Polly Gannon both work for the the same pediatrics facility that uh, Tanya Altman founded called Calabasas Pediatrics. It's based out of Los Angeles. So it's a great place for your celebrity lactation consultations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there are a lot of clinics, particularly down in Los Angeles, Staffed by real medical professionals who sometimes get into less established areas of medicine. I'm not saying that this is one of them. It seems like there's a pretty good record of milk and cream based products out there. Uh, there's a there's a long history of it, and there does appear to be some supporting science behind it. That said, I don't necessarily think that you need to use breast milk to gain the benefits of 
uh, of milk-based skincare. In fact, uh, there's lots of stuff that's on the market that doesn't involve buying black market boob juice on the internet, which there is a market for black market boob juice on the internet. If anybody's wondering, uh, there's, there's apparently a link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Just click on my, click on my link in the show notes and I will sell you all of my breast milk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, there is a there is a secondary market for breast milk in the bodybuilding community because they're always looking for that natural edge that's not going to get picked up on the uh, on the doping rate on the anti doping radar. There was a YouTuber named uh, Mila DeBrito in the UK who made over thirteen thousand dollars selling breast milk to bodybuilders online. So I mean, there's a real market there. But if you just want people to rub it on their face and not eat it, you can always find off the shelf beauty products that do use dairy as a base. It's actually super on trend right now. In fact, uh, the brand Road partnered with Haley Bieber to produce a product called Glazing Milk. Not a great name. <laughs> which you can rub all over your face for the low, low price of $30 for a 4.7 ounce container. That's a steal. Yes, they are stealing from you. Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've completely cracked open the internet to expose all of the breast milk lore I could find, I want my dear cousin, my dear sweet cousin to know that Polly Yannon, professional lactation consultant, recommends adding between 150 to 350 milliliters of breast milk to a warm bath. The water should be cloudy, but not murky. Great for pics. Yeah. And the great thing about breast milk baths is sometimes when you're pumping breast milk as a mother with with an infant, the primary storage method is to bag it up and freeze it. But... There is a recommended shelf life for breast milk. It's probably something like three to six weeks. I don't know off the top of my head. It's been a while. But if you have old breast milk in your freezer, you can use it for breast milk baths. Just uh, thaw it out first so that we're not, you know, just adding breast milk ice cubes to your baby's warm bath water. (laughs) (laughs) The only recommendation she makes is to sniff it and make sure it doesn't smell sour. However, based on what I learned from Cleopatra, maybe that doesn't matter all that much. Although uh, souring could result in additional lactic acid, which could further irritate the skin because it may may be doing more than your baby needs. All I keep thinking about is how good a milk bath would feel after a Tucker Carlson testicle tanner session. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they really would just have such a good synergy. What if Tucker Carlson had like a twin brother named Tanner? And then they were just named after things you could do with your balls. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that joke really came around, huh? Much like a tuck. Anyway, have you commented and uh, uh, told your dear cousin Gannon's recommendations? No, I haven't. I'm actually a really terrible cousin. Apparently, I just snipped it for online content. And they did nothing to help her. If this is just the one thing you say to them in years. You know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to I'm going to go back to that comment after I publish this episode and just drop the link. There you go. Boom. There you go. Done. Done. If if little baby whose name will be bleeped. Mm -hmm. Redacted. If little baby redacted doesn't listen to this episode and get the answer she needs. Her baby deserves to have scurvy or whatever we're preventing here. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, you know, we help someone today. I feel like we helped an entire generation of someone's today, Cap. Wow. Look at us. You're welcome, ladies. <laughs> and funeral goers. <laughs> it's really hard to transition from one baby topic to the next topic without making 1990s style dead baby joke and I don't want to do it so I'm not like it's it's okay not it's okay not to make that joke right that was funny in the 90s yeah you know they've had their run yeah uh, somebody just needs to let something in here somebody just needs to let Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle know that there are new jokes now and we don't have to laugh at old jokes anymore because those jokes are old and they're not in style we just need new jokes and that's what we're here to provide. Have you watched either of those specials, the the Ricky Gervais one or the Can't New Dave Chappelle? It. Can't bring myself. I got about 10 minutes into each of them, and both of them decided that it was time to take back making fun of uh, disabled people. Oh, good. And they did it in a way that sort of illustrated, like, of course I can. I can do this because I can. And don't get me wrong. I think they're both extraordinarily talented, funny people. 
but they are both very upset that the jokes they used to tell aren't considered funny anymore. It's just so painful to watch. It is kind of painful to watch because I, I will be absolutely upfront. I think Dave Chappelle is one of the greatest orators of a generation. He really fucked it up, though, didn't he? I don't think that he fucked it up exactly. I think he's still an amazing orator. I think he still has incredible delivery and, and comedic timing. It's just his subject matter sucks. I think that's one of the most important things about comedy is growing with the world around you. And that, that's the thing. It's like you're, you're, comedy is about finding new ways to make people laugh. There's a reason yeah. why if you tell the same joke over and over and over again, people stop finding it funny unless the joke is you're telling it over and over and over again. And then it's a coin toss. And I think they're at the point right now where they're just, they're, they're, they're creating these Netflix specials and they're tossing the coin. And there is a certain subset of people who are buying into the narrative that we are, that, that we are obliged to think that they're still funny. And that's just yeah. not the case. It just it screams laziness to me on a creative standpoint. Yeah, a little bit. I, I think it's I don't know that it's laziness. I think that they're working hard on these specials. I think it is a lack of vision. Yeah. Like they can't see a way to they're, they're, they don't want to, have to change their process. It's just so punching down is just hardly ever funny. Hardly ever funny. Until you do it to kids. Then you're just like, if you punch a kid in the head, that's that's funny because yeah. everybody agrees. A kid, OK. <laughs> We're not out here to punch kids in the head, no matter how many times you ask me to do it, Cap. There we go. There's yeah. the audio. Clip it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this is Ryan and Cap from the future. We decided to go back and do a trigger warning for this next topic, which does address issues of abortion health care and cannibalism in that order. So if you don't want to hear that, I suggest you skip forward till you stop hearing us talk about babies. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Cap, sorry, it's too. It's going to be funny, though. Cap, sorry, too. Even I'm if so it is sorry. funny. Even if it is it, funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so go ahead and skip ahead. I have no idea how long because we're still recording. And I'm not the type of guy to go back and figure things out after the fact. And I'm not that guy. <laughs> All right. So our next topic comes from the r slash facepalm community on Reddit, which is really just a place for people on Reddit to showcase the crazy shit they find online. On Facebook. <laughs> this is a post from Facebook at the time of screen clipping. It was two days ago. However, I have no idea, no idea when they uh, posted this. At least three days ago at this point. It's at least three days ago. Yeah. So the post says, and this is in all caps, mm -hmm. with the exception of one letter, which I will highlight when I get to it. <laughs> And this Facebook user whose name has been stricken from the record, but whose face screams MAGA. Uh, it's I a, feel it's like a, you need to do a Johnny Metters voice for this one. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a white guy with a bushy white beard and some sort of patriotic background and a camo hat. There's so, a red hat next to him as well, which we all know. So he is either hanging out with somebody who looks like they're missing their red hat, or he is a person who is wearing a red hat or a Cardinals fan. <laughs> Or, a, or just a real, real Cardinals fan. And by Cardinals, I mean, of course, the leaders of the Catholic Church. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> but this unnamed person writes in all caps, all of impossible meats processing plants are adjacent to a major Planned Parenthood abortion center and a FedEx distribution center. Roe, lowercase v, Wade has been overturned. Watch for impossible burgers to be now only available in states where abortion is still legal. Yes, I said that. So I, I read it in my loud voice because it was in That's all good. caps. With the yeah. exception of the V and Roe v. Wade, I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> that brings a level of intelligence to the person that I was not expecting in the I first know. paragraph. I know. This is a person who pays attention to this is a legal scholar and apparently an authority on food supply chains. So the claim here for those of you who block out loud talking mm -hmm. is that because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, which is the federal protection for the right to an abortion, that impossible meats are going to be unavailable in states where abortion is illegal, which would seem to imply that he's implying here that impossible meats are the source of material for 
impossible meat vegetarian cuisine. So gut reaction cap. Do you think that that is true that they are using bio waste from abortion facilities to produce, uh, by the way, should we trigger warning? Put that earlier. Put that earlier. <laughs> we'll just clip this earlier. Gut reaction. Gut if reaction. Impossible meat was made from discarded fetuses. I think it would taste better because impossible meat is the worst of the fake meats. I'll say it here. I actually prefer impossible to beyond. I am such a beyond stan. I eat a lot of fake meat. That's impossible. That's an impossible stand for me to take because I'm beyond beyond meat. Mm-hmm. I'm in the impossible territory. They're t- impossible is just, you know, if it, it was made of that good, good baby meat. <laughs> Wouldn't Not like Beyond be Burgers. Quite so tough. <laughs> beyond Burgers are beyond morality. Exactly. It's from the universe in Hellraiser, where all the uh, what are, what are those things called? Uh, uh, I know it. I know it. I know, I know, it, it. I know it too. I know it too. It's like something might. Ooh, dolomite. It's, no, that's that's a stone. Fuck me. Dynamite. <laughs> that's it. They are called Cinnabites. Cinnabites. Ah, Cinnabites is my favorite muffin flavor. It's either a mini muffin or a demon from another dimension here to torture me in exquisite pain. <laughs> or both. Or both. Maybe, maybe it's a both thing. Intolerant. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my gut reaction is that this is probably not true. And I, I base that on, well, I, I, I guess logic. So, sure. I, I, and I did do a little bit of research. So Impossible Meat is based in Redwood City, California, and they partner with a co-manufacturer named OSI with global facilities, including three in the UK, 11 in the EU, 12 in the US and Canada. So that's uh, regulations against adulterated, uh, adulterated meats exist in every single one of those markets and they all have strict compliance measures and testing processes. All right. So in order for this to be true, there would have to be a global conspiracy to hide the test results. Not only would they have to skirt regulators of food production, they would also have to skirt the regulators covering the healthcare side and the disposal of biohazardous material from healthcare facilities. So they'd have to, they'd have to skirt around two sets of regulators across multiple jurisdictions. I would also say that the assertion that all impossible meat processing plants are adjacent to a major planned parenthood abortion center and a FedEx distribution center. I mean, there's going to be some truth to that because most production facilities are opened up in locations with the resources they need to run a production facility, like access to highways, access to shipping centers, large populations. And then, of course, the infrastructure to support that workforce. So you're looking for grocery stores and, yes, Planned Parenthood clinics. So the idea that a production facility is near a FedEx facility or a Planned Parenthood facility is kind of a given because people open up production facilities where people live. That's it. <laughs> if anything, I think the conspiracy should be that they're using the unused FedEx boxes for these uh, very gross, <laughs> very hard to chew, impossible meats. That is a much better explanation than the than the than the fetus thing. It's right there in the name, though, isn't it? Feed us. You know? Feed us. Yeah, <laughs> this he might have something. <laughs> it also doesn't make sense from like a brand standpoint. If your if your goal is to secretly skirt regulations and and feed people the most forbidden meat, mm-hmm. then why would you start a quote unquote meatless company to do that? Why wouldn't you just hide that in the 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 cheap meatballs yeah, at the frozen food section? Mrs. Lovett's meat pies, like why? Why the extra guys? <laughs> What's Marie Callender been up to? <laughs> But yeah, it feels a little bit like a protest to like a, a, a protest too much situation. It's like it's impossible meat. It couldn't possibly be babies. Uh, but I, I think it's safe to say that there's probably enough safeguards in place to prevent this from happening. Uh, I think the scale of this conspiracy is far too great. And the hurdle over which it needs to leap in order to be remotely possible is far too high. I think it's also worth noting that this type of political position is not unheard of. We've talked about it on this show multiple times. We've talked about cannibalism on this show uh, a lot. A lot. 
Like it's more than you would expect relative to the number of cannibals out there. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you're listening, like, cannibals, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? This is CET, Cannibal Entertainment Television. Mm-hmm. We can start getting that video content out there. Uh, but this is a tried and true method. You accuse people who are politically or culturally against you of cannibalism. It's, you know, it, it's right there with the protocols of the elders of Zion in which Henry Ford popularized the myth that Jewish people were eating white babies, yeah. white Christian babies. So, again, the, the people that are politically or culturally opposed to me are out there eating babies, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite um, subreddits on Reddit is what's my cookie cutter? Mm. And it's like. It's just, you know, cookie cutters are really hard to figure out what the intent was. And they'll, they'll sure. post a cookie cutter and you have to tell them what the shape is. And I guarantee you every single the, this dude is on the on that Reddit Facebook page being like, oh, that's a that's a liberal eating a baby. It's a liberal eating a baby. It's a liberal eating a baby. It's a liberal extracting adrenochrome from a baby. You keep these posts coming, racist Santa Claus. We will keep dissecting <laughs> them on the show. I hope you get your caps locks fixed soon. <laughs> Speaking of filling your body with things that don't belong there. Debatable, but go on. I have a wonderful post from Reddit. Are science memes? And don't let the name fool you. This is a serious place. Oh, good. <laughs> this is a screen cap from Reddit of a uh, tweet or an X or whatever you'd like to call it. Um, whichever God you follow. And this comment says, never wear a butt plug to your MRI appointment. My God. Ellipses. My God. There are two pictures on this post. First of which is a text message which has been hearted, uh, obviously, for its good and true content. Correct. And I'll read it here for you. It's not very long. Greatest personal injury case I've ever heard. Chris Goodnow, an estimated... That does say estimated. Chris Goodnow, an estimated Valley attorney, has picked up a client who is suing a sex toy company. Said client purchased a butt plug that was advertised as 100% silicone. Client wears butt plug to MRI appointment. Much to client's dismay, which I think is putting it lightly. Is, yeah. Butt plug, in fact, has a metallic core. Butt plug is accelerated at the speed of sound uh, into the client's chest cavity. Oh my God. Described in memo as an anal railgun. I mean, that sounds hot, but... Apparently, this client survived with major injuries. The other picture is interesting. Anal rail, anal railgun is the title of my sex tape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. We can all aspire. There seems to be an image of internal organs with a, a very bright butt plug uh, just jammed right up in there. You can see this butt plug has uh, some bright metal within. There's a few things here to break down. First of which, this is a real attorney. You're welcome for the plug, Chris Goodnow. This is a real attorney. (laughs) I wouldn't say welcome for the plug in this context. Um, (laughs) Actually, you know what? He's the attorney in this situation. He's the attorney, yeah. You're welcome for the plug. (laughs) What also interests me is this image is not an MRI image. This is a CT scan which I assume would have happened after the MRI. MRIs are interesting. MRIs are uh, very strong magnets. I'm sure you know this. There's no radiation involved like the CT scan. Yeah, I'll let you explain the MRI because you are the medical professional and I am... I'm just a breast milk enthusiast. You're the real doctor. (laughs) (laughs) You're the pod doctor. MRIs are interesting. MRIs uh, use magnetic resonance to image. That's what MRI stands for, right? Yeah, absolutely. Good call. So having metal anywhere near a machine is very dangerous, and they do make a very good job of uh, stripping you of all metal before said, you know, imaging. Mind you, they don't check your butthole. They did not do a full cavity search in this circumstance. Not because, a full cavity search. And I think that's probably because most people don't expect you to have metal in your butt. Of course. Which, for, you know. First we, mistake, making assumptions. You know, what, you know what happens when you assume? You get an anal rail gun. You make an anal rail gun out of you and me. 
So I cannot, I did a, some snooping. I cannot find a specific, uh, you know, publicized case involving this anal railgun. Okay. But I did find on the FDA's website an adverse event report. Okay. For an MRI scanner system. And I've sent you this uh, event report here. You can see the report date is 4-14-23, which does kind of coincide with the post. Okay. Uh, which, do we have a date for the post? It looks like... It says, I see today, 10.45 a.m. Uh, this post started on the internet mid-last year, is as far back as I can go, which, which does correlate to this date. Okay. Oh, you did a Google image search and tried to trace it back to the earliest post? There's surprisingly a lot of reports about this specific post. I assume warning future people about butt plug usage in MRI machines. Yeah. So this adverse event report does list butt plug in all capital letters under treatment, patient outcome, hospitalization. I'm just glad that after proposing that impossible foods were actually material from Planned Parenthood, that our all capitalization red hat wear was able to find a job entering information into this access uh, into this FDA database, resulting in then all caps butt plug. Speaking of which, all caps butt plug should be would be a great name for a crossover product. <laughs> uh, like if, if if when shrimp and curds really hits it big, or if mm-hmm, don't wreck mm-hmm. yourself, God willing, hits it big, I will sell an all caps butt plug I with your face that. on it. My face, yeah. No, I'll send you the JPEG. <laughs> <laughs> this description does say that the patient was sent to the hospital, which I assume is where we got the CT scan, and they have not returned any of our calls yet for follow-up to see how she is doing. So I think this really happened. What I can't figure out is how this patient survived. I mean, that must have been a crack team of surgeons. This isn't funny, but damn. Yeah, so it's said... That the patient was screened for an MRI and did not disclose that she had a, quote, butt plug inserted. She went in for the MRI. When the MRI was over and the tech was pulling out, pulling the table out, the patient started to scream. The patient stated that she felt nauseous, was in pain, and felt like she was going to pass out. An ambulance was called for the patient. She was sent to the hospital. The patient was checked out by the radiologist at the site before transport to ensure the patient was doing okay. The patient has not returned any of our calls yet to try to follow up to see how she's doing. So the FDA is reporting that this occurred, but they don't have any follow-up information. And we, you were unable to find any evidence of the personal, like the personal injury attorney being involved. Which could mean that this case is still ongoing. And I think if that website did advertise it as 100% silicone, there might be a legitimately a profitable case here. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like it tore through her like a rail gun. Because, I mean, if you if you have something go from your butt to your chest, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the way. Like, I, I feel like things were maybe moved where they shouldn't have been moved, perhaps. But I, I, I just don't know. Listen, it's kinky for all of us, for the doctor that you're seeing, <laughs> to not know that you have a butt plug in. But, you know, use some critical thinking here when you go into an MRI machine. This is a very powerful spinning magnet. There was a man recently in, I believe, Brazil, who uh, would not remove his gun from his waist while a family member was getting an MRI, and that gun went off and shot him in the stomach. So at this point, we can say it's true, but the, the story may be too new for us to get all the details at this point, because the date of the incident is April 14th, 2023. So I think you're right. I mean, if there's litigation ongoing, they're probably still gathering their evidence and you know, sourcing other back every episode to give you updates. (laughs) They're out there. They're out there building their class action lawsuit, looking for other butt, butt plug uh, victims. And I guess the lesson here, there's two lessons to be learned. One is uh, take your MRI seriously. Uh, Don't wear a butt plug to the procedure. Well, if you do just x-ray it first and make sure there's no metal in there. Yeah, definitely. You know, you can get a metal detector online too, or you could try a magnet at home. If, if a home magnet sticks to your butt plug, don't wear it to the MRI. But I think a, a nice safe, the safest solution is to not wear anything unnecessary to your medical procedure. And yeah, I think that counts. Unless you want to become a sex toy pinata. Do you think the picture is real? That's definitely a CT scan. If that 
butt plug is superimposed on it, that could be a possibility. But it is lighting up like metal lights up on an x-ray. I see a lot of x-rays. I see a lot of implants and people that light up. Never seen a butt plug in somebody, but... It, it seems like the sort of thing that would be actually relatively easy to Photoshop since uh, really dense objects on a CT scan show up as bright white. I would also say that uh, if there is an ongoing investigation, that any imaging would probably be under some sort of court order to not be leaked on the internet like this. Medical records, you know, that's... Unless it was hilarious. Unless it was hilarious. Uh, judges, judges usually do carve out an exception for hilarity. They, they said you could use it for parody and satire purposes only. And we just really want to get anal railgun trending. <laughs> I, I will point out that the uh, screen clip here does say brother done messed up. The FDA report does indicate that it was a female uh, mm-hmm. patient wearing this. So this is not just some dumb guy walking in with a butt plug. It's some dumb lady walking in with a butt plug. It will forever be remembered. You learned a lot about being a lady from us today, ladies. You're welcome. A lot of information for you. You know, just try to microwave your butt plug first. And if it starts sparking. Oh, my God, that's another that's another great way to find out if if you. Yeah. If your butt plug arcs in the microwave, you got a metal core in that thing. It's going to feel great. It's going to be nice and warm. (laughs) That's true. You can you, you can microwave your your silicone butt plugs for added warmth. You know, and then if you get in your breast milk bath, you're basically got a latte going. Yeah. Let's say you're giving your child a breast milk bath and you're already heating up some frozen bre- breast milk. You could probably throw your butt plug in there. Can you wear your butt plug while giving a baby a bath? The answer is yes. Should you tell people that you put in a butt plug before giving babies baths? No, you should not. You will go to jail. I'm not sure a crime has been committed, but they'll probably. The Cleopatra did that a lot. Yep. Cleopatra had a silicone butt plug. Truly before her time. Yes, truly. (laughs) I don't know whether or not Rick Reynolds owns a butt plug, but he does own a piece of my heart because he's been kind enough to allow us the use of his song United from the album Portals in Progress, which you can stick in the microwave and heat up to a balmy 98.6 degrees. Ooh, Yeah. And then do with it what you will. We won't tell. (laughs) You can find him on Amazon, iTunes and Spotify. He is on Instagram at Rick Reynolds. And he has some pretty phenomenal content out there uh, on YouTube. He documented the new metal tour while he was on tour with Tantric. Cap, would you like to tell the folks where they can find you? Oh, you know where to find me. Uh, Just Google shrimp and crits. That's crits with a C. It will come up. And if we don't, you'll find a recipe for something delicious. That's a win-win. I am a, you know, actual play host. I'm a voice actor. I'm obviously fucking hilarious. If you'd like me on your show, you can find me on Blue Sky at It's Cap. You can find me on Discord at It's Cap, period. I'm all over the place. Look for the picture of me with daisy glasses and you'll know you're in the right place. And if you are trying to find this podcast online, you can find us on most social media sites. Certainly not X, formerly known as Twitter, which is a shithole. And Mm -hmm. it is run by a screaming turd flinging technologist. I obviously have no love for Elon Musk. (laughs) I I don't need to belabor that point. Uh, But you can find us at WreckYourPod on most platforms. We are at WreckYourPod.com on Blue Sky. You can hit us up there. I've decided to... uh, Put all premium paywall plans on hold as I'm not producing consistent content right now. It doesn't feel right for me to ask you to donate. But just know if you start seeing episodes on a regular basis, get your fucking pocketbook out because it's time to chip in. But until such a time, if you're wondering what devices you can put in your butt before a medical procedure, we encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart.